0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: We're proud to say that BET DSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off for the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, there are a myriad of other sports out there that you can bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at betdsi.com. They have a great app. I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year you can get 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1. Thousand dollars. That's a hundred one percent match bonus on your first deposit of up to one thousand dollars. Use the code Yards one hundred one. As always, Yards one hundred one. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. Yards one hundred one with Bet DSI.
2: Welcome to Three Yards per Carry. But before we go on with today's episode, let me tell you about a great sponsor of the Three Yards per Carry podcast, and that is AutoNation. If you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle, AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast. And the friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs. Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. If you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-priced pre-owned vehicles. They're all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price, guaranteed. Or if you just want to get rid of that old car, Turn it in for cash today. Get a top dollar offer and check the same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Is your check engine light on right now? Get their services you need at low AutoNation prices. Oil changes, tires, batteries, and more. All for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. If you are in the market for a new car, DM us at three yards per carry that's at the number three yards per carry on twitter and i'll give you an AutoNation senior manager your info so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process now on with the show
0: welcome to three yards per carry a podcast covering the miami dolphins and the nfl now here's your hosts chris alf and simon
2: Welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. I have Simon Clancy here with me, and I have Chris Kaufman from somewhere on the other side of the moon. He's in his car, so he might sound a little bit different. All right?
3: I was literally over Tampa Bay just a second ago, and that might have been part of the problem.
2: <laughs> okay. Th- that's probably why we had such a hard time getting this show on the road, but... It seems that Silly Season is here, Simon. I
3: am on the road.
2: Yes.
1: Are you drink driving, Chris? You sound pissed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Silly Season has arrived a little bit earlier this year. Uh, Tony Paulina, a guy that we all respect, wrote for Pro Football Network. And I'm going to read exactly what he said. He says, I reported on my BLEAV podcast, whatever that is, a few weeks ago <laughs> about a growing belief in the scouting community, which is getting louder. The belief is that Jordan Love could be the first quarterback selected in the nineteen in the twenty twenty NFL draft. He also wrote a lot of scouts view tuatunga Vialoa as very ordinary and not very special. Simon, your thoughts on this report?
1: Was it written in shit? <laughs> <laughs> i mean look look i really like tony pauline i think he's um a smart guy clearly knows lots of people i don't know how anybody could sit and watch what's happened this season you know we look you're not going to find any bigger lovers of, of jordan love than on this podcast we were talking him up 18 months ago weren't we chris and you know yeah. w- we w- we are huge fans but he has had an up and down season you know a, a, a Portion of it has not been his fault. You know, new offensive line, pretty much. New offensive staff, wide receivers graduated. So, you know, he's... Knew everything. Tr- yeah, yeah. Every, also, every
3: single part of the offense is new.
1: But he's also had some troubles of his own making. I, I don't yeah. know how you could look at the games that they've played this season and think that he was a better prospect, given that what Tua is doing is historically sensational actually and the uh, and the changes that he's made to his game in the off season which have just separated him so greatly from everybody else it's not even a competition and it, look you know again I know we're prisoners at the moment a little bit sometimes and we talked about unconscious bias in the last episode and, you know we all, we all love to uh, so the, there's a potential of, of that but I think if you just take off the the hats that we wear about, uh, you know, or take off the tour t-shirts, which you can buy from five reasons sports, get yourself a tour of 2020 t-shirt, by the way. See what I did there. Send me all your money.
2: Send me all your money.
1: If we we take off the t-shirts... You cannot look at the games that he plays, and it, you know I don't want to hear about cupcake schedule or Alabama quarterback. You know if, if if Cal if Aaron Rodgers hadn't, you know if they'd have made that same decision about Cal quarterbacks, then you know Green Bay wouldn't have had Aaron Rodgers. Or you know if people have said, oh, you can't get a quarterback from North Dakota to to State, then State, then Washington, um, then Philadelphia would be in big trouble without Carson Wentz uh, and those sorts of things. That that argument is just redundant in my eyes. But you cannot look at these two guys and the way they perform this season and think that 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 Jordan Love is a you know is performing on a higher level and a level which would make scouts, in all honesty, sit there and think, Yes, this guy is considerably better than the kid from Alabama because that is simply not the case. So, I don't know, you know, and the scouts I've we all know people, we all know scouts, we all know NFL people. You know, I was at a game earlier this season and two are highlights, Kate. We were watching Trevor Lawrence, it was Clemson game, and you know, I was sat next to four scouts, three from the AFC, three from the NFC, one from the AFC. And there was a section of the other scouts behind the wall. And two highlights came on on the TV screen. And two of the scouts uh, on a particular throw just leaned back in their chair behind me, just looked at each other and shook their head in, you know, kind of disbelief slash admiration. And it was, you know, when the free food is handed out at halftime the, uh, in the press box, that's the sort of stuff people talk about. And you get involved in conversations with scouts and with personnel people about players. How do you think Trevor Lawrence is performing? What do you think about Xavier Thomas today? See that tour throw early on. And people are just eulogy These are scouting people, just eulogy. So I just don't know where it's coming from. I just, you know, Tony's got great contacts. He's a great guy. He's clearly very, you know, switched on. He deals with a lot of good people, Ben Fennell, Fran Duffy, people like that. But I I just, I don't buy this on any level. This is just, this is just smoke machine draft talk five months before the smoke machines really come out.
3: I I, I would would bring up two things. One is that, you know, I I absolutely 100% agree with you. if I had to try and see the other side of this, I would say that, you know, if we're looking at Justin Herbert, for example, as a guy that's, you know, body beautiful, has a great arm, and, you know, also has athleticism,
0: has all of
3: the the, the building blocks, so to speak. Um, the one sort of building block that he doesn't have, or really two building blocks that he doesn't have compared to Tuatunga Vailoa is. The um, the quickness, like the quick feet, and the the quick mind, like the the hair trigger sort of, you know, that sort of point guardish decision making. Uh, yeah, yeah decision making way of the wiring, the way of playing that way. Jordan Love, that's always what separated Jordan Love for me because he is also big. He's not quite as big as Justin Herbert, but he's also big. He's fast. He's got that ridiculous arm. He really truly has a ridiculous arm. Um, and the thing that separate and the thing that separates him from a Herbert is that he's also got that sort of wiring point guard, quick twitch, you know, to him physically and in his mind. And I think it also gets him in trouble sometimes too. But when, and you already mentioned some, some of the the problems of his own making, um, which is a real thing that's happening this season. And that's why I'm, I'm really wary of how he's going to do against LSU as he goes into Baton Rouge. Um, but anyway, uh, if you have to take that side of it, you say, well, okay, the bare bones here, the bones of it for projection, not what they are right now, what they're gonna be, are better than Tua tunga Viola because he also has the arm that Tua doesn't have. And so, I mean, that that would be the argument. I don't buy it. I mean, I, I think I would place more, I would place more on the consistent decision making and the consistent ball placement and accuracy that out to of Tunga-Vailoa um, as opposed to Jordan Love, but, you know, that's, that's what they're looking at. and the second thing is that, you know, how much of what Tony Pauline is hearing might have something to do with some confusion about who the Dolphins are really targeting, yeah. because we're hearing a lot of different targets uh, for the Dolphins. I, I, I said here on the show, You hear Rich Eisen say that you know Miami's been in the tank for uh, for Tuatonga since the the Dallas 2018 NFL Draft, um, and that and and we've separately heard things suggestive of Tuatonga Valoa. There's a lot of confusion out there, which means that I think the Dolphins are kind of playing this close to the vest, and they've also there's a process, which means that they're viewing some guys and then they're viewing other guys, and so. So it's going to send out unclear signals to a lot of people outside of Miami. And I think that's what we're hearing. I think that that's kind of what's being reflected back at us.
2: Well, what we do know is that the Dolphins have devoted a lot of resources to the Pacific Northwest and do have scouts visiting Utah State and visiting Oregon. Now, a lot of people would look at that and say, oh, my God, you know, like they're not in on Tuatunga-Vailoa. Well, that's just not true. What it could be is that all this time, you don't go into a season expecting to get the first overall pick. And maybe they had Tua tonga all this time as number one on their board. So they're looking at who is QB2? Who is going to be available to us when we pick hypothetically fourth, fifth, sixth? Now, what's happened before this season has made the first overall pick realistic. And yep. maybe that's what's throwing people off is that we have all these scouts crawling all over Oregon and Utah state. And people are wondering, well, maybe they're not in on Tua Tunga But we've learned that, you know, we've had some resources devoted to Tua Tunga It's just that we never thought. Chris
3: Greer, Chris Greer, sorry to interrupt. Chris Greer has been credentialed to two of Tua Tunga games, South Carolina that's- and Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, that's. We have we know that.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talked about this on the WhatsApp chat not too long ago where, when when Simon got a little bit nervous and, you know, rightfully so about all the, the resources they're devoting. But I would say, you know, do you really need to if you're if you're in the tank for, you know, pardon the pun, but if you're in the tank for Tuotanga Bayaloa, do you really need to start devoting every resource you got to Alabama? Or do you really want you know? Or would you really want to do your due diligence on who is QB two, just in case you end up with the second overall pick and not yeah, the first lose, overall we pick? We
3: lose to the Reds, or we win to the we win we lose. If we win against the Redskins, then the the whole we really center of the conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the conversation changes.
1: Absolutely. But we know that we know that JP McGowan, who's the scout who covers the SEC, um. You know how many times has J.P. McGowan needed to go to Alabama this season? How many more times do you need to see this yeah. kid? You know, you will probably. You know, I would suspect that against Auburn and against LSU, you know, there will be general managers on hand because that's when you really want to see. You know, you want to see Tua up against um, that superb defense. You want to see him up against Christian Fortune, You want to see him, you know, against Auburn against Derek Brown uh, and those guys. You, you want to see that, but. You know, if I'm, if I'm Chris Greer, if I'm Marvin Allen, I'm not saying to J.P. McGowan, you need to go and see this kid every week. You already know what he is. We already yeah. know in four games the improvement that he's made. You know, we heard these rumors last season that, that Mike Talanbaum had been to see Justin Herbert on seven different occasions. Now, the plan obviously was that Justin Herbert was going to come out in last year's draft. Now, you know, we don't know whether the Dolphins were planning to trade up to get him to try and get involved in, in, in that mix. We know Lenny McGill, the, the Dolphin scout, is out on the West Coast beat the whole time, he was at Arizona State on Friday night but you know he's going to see Jordan Love you know he's going to see Justin Herbert because that is part of the job and you just made the perfect point, if we don't end up with the first pick, God forbid we don't end up with the first pick, you're going to be left with the secondary options and the team has to discover what that secondary option is is that Jake From? is that Justin Herbert is that Jalen Hurts is that, you know, Justin Herbert, is that whoever else that we could you know we could throw into the mix is that joe burrow whoever it's going to be you know i don't i don't blame the team for for doing due diligence that's what you have to do what i do feel slightly queasy with is all this talk about oh most scouts a lot of scouts think too as pretty average i mean those people should be unemployed. Those people should be unemployed and working at Target if they really truly believe that.
2: <laughs> yeah, no offense to the people at Target, of course, right. but I don't know how you could watch Tuatonga Loa. The guy's making a run at, with his incomplete with his touchdown passes. He's trying to catch up to his incompletions. People, mm-hmm. this is not normal.
1: Okay, is, I don't care well,
2: who you're playing. I don't care who you're playing.
1: We get this okay. quite a lot on, on, on in our Twitter mentions and stuff, I and mean, we kind of want to put this to bed, but you know, you kind of get the, he's play, he plays at Alabama, therefore he can't be an NFL quarterback because Alabama doesn't produce NFL quarterbacks. But, you know, it's hard to explain to people that, you know, systems play into these sorts of things. You know, the system that AJ McCarron was playing in, the system that, you know, these other, these other quarterbacks are playing under over previous years is not the system that Tua's playing in. And Tua is not that quarterback. He is different. You know, and people will say name me one Alabama quarterback that's got well there's three Alabama quarterbacks in the hall of fame Bart Starr Ken Stabler uh and Joe Namath now they may have played before any of us were born well maybe not Alf but you know before yeah. the, me and you were born Chris but, <laughs> but um but you know the same argument with oh well he only you know the offense the system means that you know he's only throwing RPOs and slants he's not only throwing RPOs and slants but he does throw RPOs and slants but when he does it he throws it absolutely in the prime position with ridiculous technique. The ball comes off his hand really quickly and it's in the absolutely perfect position. So whether or not he throws RPOs and slants is not the point. That's not what scouts are looking at. Scouts are looking at how the ball gets there, how the ball is delivered, how it comes off his hand, how his footwork is, how he deals with pressure, all those sorts of things. And then the the other point, which, which people always say, is that, well, he's got Devonta Smith and he's got Henry Ruggs and he's got, you know jerry judy and he's got uh, all these other guys so therefore it makes life easier but the argument is never the same with trevor lawrence we should wait for trevor lawrence in 2021 but nobody says oh you know what trevor lawrence has got travis Etienne, and he's got t higgins and mm. he's got justin ross and he's got deandre overton and he's got amari rogers and he's got frank uh frank um whatever his name is the the, the freshman kid who's who's really good um that argument is never made about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, do, do and uh, since, uh,
3: let, me just, let me just add real quick, in that offense, when he's throwing to those guys, he's throwing up a lot of 50-50 balls to those guys,
0: mm. right? Mm. I mean, he's throwing up a lot of, like,
3: you, you go out and just beat your man. And, yeah. and Tuatunga Violoa is going out. He, he, he depends on separation, which means that he's got to get the ball exactly the right spot and with the exact right timing. And and he's got to he's got to read the field a little bit better, I think.
1: Mm, so mm. I,
3: I think there's more on him.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I know. And and you said you know all he throws is RPOs and slants. You know who also only threw RPOs and slants? Nick Foles. He won Super Bowl MVP, mm. <laughs> and the Eagles built mm. an entire offense around that.
1: I mean, he, he made that play. With it. He made that play against Old Miss last week when the corner blitz came in and he faked one way, ah. stepped around it, then scrambled outside the, the advancing rush as the pocket collapsed and then threw over two defenders and in front of another defender to hit Jerry Judy sort of 22, 23 yards down the field. And, you know, and people send us messages going, his arm strength isn't very good. His athleticism isn't very good. And you're just like, what are you watching? What are yes. you watching? And it's not good enough just to watch the national championship game last year where he actually made some really, really good throws in that game, by the way. Yeah. Um, it wasn't his best game. Um, no. You know, he's also carrying the knee injury. I mean, look at the Heisman Trophy award ceremony. He's going around on a scooter. He can't even. He's got. A, he's got a walking boot on, and he's, <laughs> and he's got one of those scooters that protects his protects his ankle. You know, and oh, he can't beat a good. Well, he beat LSU. He beat Auburn. He beat Oklahoma in the in the in the uh, in the semifinal. He beat Georgia in the national championship game. He's beating good teams. You know, don't yes. this, this cupcake schedule thing is absolute horseshit as well. You know, it's um. I, I just find it mind-boggling. When has the I, I,
2: Iron Bowl? Think about it. When, when has the Iron Bowl become a laughing stock? It's become mm. a laughing stock ever since he's been quarterback. Okay, and it's no
1: I tell you, it's going to be. A, those are going to be two hellacious games this year against LSU and against Auburn. They, you know, they're going to oh, be yeah. real tests. Real yeah. tests.
3: Okay. Well, and we'll have we'll have a very real comparison too, because Justin Herbert, the the mm. guy who is probably number two, I think, um, and a lot of eyes out there. Uh, to a ton of violence, he faced he faced Auburn, you know, and and they have tape of that. So mm. and he faced Auburn. I think the best offensive line in the country is in Oregon. So mm. I, I and he faced it with a good offensive line. So I they'll, they'll be able to
2: compare their performance. Mm. And that was over underwhelming. I thought I thought his I thought Justin Herbert. It was actually a turnoff. I thought. Remember, we talked yeah. about it. We we before the game, we talked about it on this podcast. Go out and beat a team that mm. you're not that big of an underdog against. They were, I think, three and a half point underdogs to Auburn. He lost.
1: Where's the statement winning his career as so well? That's the thing that concerns me. You look at that Auburn game. I thought he played very well in the first half. People made a lot yeah. about that touchdown that he threw back across his body, but essentially that was a dangerous play. He was literally just throwing that up for grabs, mm-hmm. um, and I think he struggled in the second half. But you know, he's got, like Chris said, he's got the body, he's got the arm, but you just want to see some sort of statement win, some sort of consistency. I Just want to throw another name out there, Chris, because this is a guy that all three of us have talked about. Is Washington's Jacob Eason, obviously transferred from Georgia. He's only, you know, we haven't seen him on the field for a year because he's been, uh, um, he's been uh, unable to play because of the fact that he transferred. But he's playing pretty well, isn't he, out there on the West Coast. So, and people don't, you know, often plays in that late night window that a lot of people on the East Coast don't really see a great deal of because it's going to kind of 1 a.m. in the morning when, when he's out there performing. But he's, um, he's certainly looking like a, a real talent.
3: He's having the year that he needed to have to really take, because let's be honest, there was a lot of hype about him before the year started. Um, And it was, you know, you were trying to figure out what it was based on because he he did have that year at Georgia, and he he did look great for a very young kid. And you can see he's tall, he's got a good arm and all that stuff. But there was a lot of hype about him. And he's having the year to sort of live up to the hype. I just think that um, when you're looking at him versus a Justin Herbert, you're looking at two very similar players, in, in my opinion. But the difference is that, you know, for for whatever flaws that we want to talk about with Justin Herbert, if he gets thrown off of his rhythm on the throw, he can reset his feet and set up and throw, and he can he can complete the pass. He can get he can get that ball where it needs to be. I haven't seen that from Jacob Eason yet. You throw him off at all with his rhythm, and the ball is going to go somewhere else. It's scatter shot, and and so that's that's what he needs to improve on. As we go through the season, so right now I consider him sort of a a good solid
2: uh, Herbert himself. All right, now before we move on with our prospect of the week or prospects of the week, uh, uh, I asked you guys something on the on the WhatsApp chat, and both of you shot it down, and I'm not I'm not really on board with it either. <laughs> I'm just trying to put two plus two together and try to figure out who can pay this guy. And that's Vaughn Miller. The Whispers are now becoming shouts in Denver. And he, I don't think they can trade him this year because I think the, the cap hits too big. But it sure does make sense that they'll trade him in the offseason. And you try to find somebody to pay him. And I have a hard time finding somebody with the cap space to pay a guy like Von Miller. I'll go f- – to you first, Simon, would you have any interest, even like, let's say for a second round pick for Von Miller?
1: In no, no. I mean, he doesn't, I just don't think he fits the profile of the, the way that they want to set this defense up. I think they want, you know, I just, and also look, if we're completely honest, Von Miller's mm-hmm. game has fallen off a little bit in the last 18 months. You mm-hmm. know, he, you know, he's not the same player that he was. Um, I don't think he fits the age profile. Um, and financially, I just think it don't don't think it's viable. It does, you know. I don't think the Patriots would sign Von Miller. And you know, I know we keep banging on about all oh, the Patriots, the Patriots. Right. If the Patriots are going to do it, Miami are going to do it. You know, and it's not always going to be the same. But I just don't get a sense that that he's the sort of player that they're that they're looking for.
3: They would rent him for a year if it didn't cost them anything. You know, like if it was if he was on market and you know he was willing to give them a little discount because he wants to go win a championship or something like that. You know. They would, they might do that, but no, this isn't, this isn't in profile for what Miami have established this off season. Although this off season they didn't, they pretty much didn't want to do anything because they didn't want to screw with the tank. Um, but still, next off season I think the focus is still going to be on younger guys. I think so, um, and so and he's not that. And so, so I would think that no, that's I think Yannick and is the guy you gotta pay attention to mm. uh, over in Jacksonville. I think you know we've yeah. we've heard his name thing a couple of times, and uh, I think that that's that's the one. That's the one to pay attention. Clearly, they tried. They made a bid for Trey Flowers. Um, it wasn't a great bid, but they made a bid. Uh, they made a bid for Jadavian <laughs> Clowney, um, and Jadavian didn't. You know, he ran away from us screaming,
2: um,
3: and. <laughs> So I, I think that Yannick and Gakway—that's—that's that's something to really pay attention to. I think you're yeah. not, you might be on the right track, out um, through free, free agency or veteran a veteran to fill this spot, uh, a significant one. But I just think Bond might be a little old for them.
2: Yeah, I think, he'll um, be 31 next season. So
1: I I think Matthew Jude on of Baltimore is the other name that would would, would spring right. Um, you know, you look at what Zadarius Smith has done already this season for Green Bay, and it's kind of utterly transformed that pass rush um, yeah. with pressures and with sacks and with forced fumbles and He's You know, if Jamie Collins is the the NFL MVP for the first four games of the season, in terms of defensively, I think Zadarius Smith is not far behind. And Judon is the next off the line of that Baltimore, um, you know, edge rusher, outside linebacker type. Um, I think he would definitely be front and center as well. But, yeah, like you say, Gakwe just ticks all the boxes and still, still not fully developed, I don't think, as a, a right. as a pass rusher, or a player. He's still so young. He's still so young.
2: Yeah, and I would say this uh, as we move on off of this subject. Uh, the two teams, if you just do a little sleuthing, the two teams that are going to be in on an edge guy and will have cash base, the Raiders and the Colts. So can we be more attractive than the Raiders or the Colts? That's the question in this, in this off season. All right, Simon, give us a prospect of the week.
1: Okay. So, um, I'm going to go with Gabe Davis. who's a wide receiver at, um, at, uh, UCF. Uh, a lot of social media. Yeah. A lot of social media has talked up certainly in the last few months, cornerback from Stanford called Paulson Adebo. Um, as a kind of a, you know, the next big thing. And uh, and it's clear from watching the tape that Jeffrey Akuda is the next big thing at, corner, at cornerback. But Gabe Davis is a long, smart kid off the field, um, good upbringing, hard worker, loves the game of football. He, he'll go up and high point, the ball's got great size. And he absolutely destroyed Paulson Adebo two weekends ago when UCF destroyed Stanford. Um, I know he's on the radar of a number of teams and you, you know, you talk to a number of people. I listened to, um, I listened to somebody I respect very much in the scouting community on a podcast the other day talking about how much he was enjoying watching him play. Uh, This was after the, um, the the Adebo game. He just strikes me as one of those, you know, people are talking about Jerry Judy, rightly so, and Henry Ruggs. It's such a great receiver class. You look at CD lamb and, you know, you've got all all these great guys, Colin Johnson and KJ Hill and, you know all these all these terrific players out there but this is a guy that's just flying under the radar and just looks to me like a an archetypal pro wide receiver somebody who's going to give nfl cornerbacks a very difficult time he's just a precise route runner he's got great hands he's he's quarterback friendly um i think and he's a kid i'm going to keep be keeping a strong eye on as we as we move over the next few weeks
2: all right, uh, I'll give you mine and then Chris will give you his. Mine is Christian Fulton of LSU cornerback. Uh, he's wearing number one this year. He used to wear number tw- 22. Uh, he was a five star recruit out of Archbishop Rummel and Metairie, Louisiana. He was recruited by Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Arizona State. He stayed home at LSU. He's going to measure between six feet and six one, and close to 200 pounds. Now, he's not long. But he's built solidly. He's not in the mold of an Akeem Talib or a greedy Williams. But he's good in man. He has very strong hands. Now he does not come with without warts. Okay. He was suspended for the his entire sophomore year. It was later appealed. It was reversed because he substituted his marijuana laced urine sample with somebody else's clean urine sample. So. Well,
3: that's very enterprising to
2: me. Yeah. Okay. So that so that's gonna be something that you know, I guess you're going to have to interview him about. Now his stats, like, you know, guys that like to look at interceptions, he has one in his career, okay? But that's not his reputation as far as practice. Like, he's considered a guy with very, very good ball skills. Now that the ball has not found him, well, you know, I guess, you know, we'll get to see more of him as the season goes on. Maybe he could get that interception total up a bit. But you're going to get, and and when I say you, I'm talking to all our listeners, you're going to get a good look at him against Alabama okay and he's gonna have to guard some some pretty dangerous wide receivers
1: Judge two things him- on Christian two things on forward is one I think last year he significantly outplayed greedy Williams um mm-hmm. was just a better round player and the other thing is the suspension which he is completely owned up to and, uh, and everything and the NCAA we're gonna ban him for another year I know that people at LSU think the absolute world of him I think he um completely turned around his life and his career and his mindset—he's a team captain this year. He's extremely well regarded by the people there because of the way that he has just just made a change for the better, really. And, and I think that played into the NCAA's reasoning behind why he wasn't banned for a second year. So, um, you know, arrow up for that kid. I'm a big fan.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people like to say that he's not, you know, a very willing tackler. I completely disagree. He's just not—he's not, not going to go up there and smack people. But he's a willing tackle. He doesn't shy away from it like Greedy Williams did. Cool. All right, Chris?
3: Well, uh, we asked a question, and maybe we'll get to it after this, about uh, if, if Miami has a number seven overall pick, I believe, from the Pittsburgh Steelers at the moment, uh, and we start to look at the players that could be available, that we could get that pick. But what about the, the Texans? pick and right now like every time i think about the the one and the seven and the 25 pick the guy i I want at 25 unless he just starts climbing too high which he probably should is uh center creed humphrey of the oklahoma sooners Mm -hmm. we've talked about him before we can kind of we simon you stole my thunder a little bit i was going to bring him up as my one guy And, uh, and, and you started, you started in on him and talking about like, even talking about videos that I I thought only I saw and, uh, and you're (laughs) like, oh no, no, I saw that interview too. Um, but yeah, this is a guy that has been playing center pretty much his whole life. He's been training at the center position and you watch him, you know, last year, uh, Lincoln Riley used to talk about, of course, he's got Kyler Murray on his offense. He's got CD lamb, you know, he's got Marquise Brown. He's got all these, all these, uh, players. He, he said that the most talented guy on his team or on his offense is actually Creed Humphrey. And, yeah. uh, and he said, he said that, he said that because he believes that he's going to develop into a uniquely good center prospect. And when I watch him play, that's what I see. I see a uniquely good center prospect, the way he's built, the uh, how solid he is, uh, how big and strong he is. He puts people on the ground, I'd say, like, every third or fourth snap, I swear to God. Like, you just watch him play the game, and he just tosses people around like they're ragdolls. It's ridiculous. And, uh, and I guess the one question that I've seen brought up about him, and that will continue to be brought up, is, you know, if he's going to go to a zone scheme, and zone, zone is a uh, predominant run play, I think, in the NFL Today, if he's going to go to a zone scheme, the, the sort of the gold standard for a unique center would be being able to reach the three technique on a zone play. Um, and you, you don't see that that often in the tape in Oklahoma because they don't ask him to do that because that's not their offense. However, I think you do see a lot of instances where you get a glimpse of his total level of mobility for that size or that strength. And it is just absolutely – I mean, it's, it's breathtaking to watch his game. There's a difference. We talk about Tyler uh, – however you say his last name. Is it Biadash or something like that? Um, you talk Biedans. about the, the – yeah, the, you talk about the Wisconsin center, and he's a very good center. He deserves – he would normally deserve to be at the top of a center class because he's a very good center. Creed Humphrey is a unique center. That's a difference. And I think that – that's what you're going to see when you uh, come draft day and why I'd worry almost that he's not going to fall to number 25. You have to sort of count on him falling a little bit because the center position doesn't take a heavy premium in the draft. Uh, but this is a guy I'd want to build my offensive line around. Uh, a solid a solid brick in the middle of that uh, of that unit and and you know really something to build around to a tongue of Iloa.
2: Yeah, and I got to see I got to see a, a guy that that Chris really really liked in last year's draft, and that's Eric McCoy. I got to see him up, you know, up a, a little bit more up close against the Dallas Cowboys. And good God, is he good? Eric, Eric McCoy is going to be a really good center in the NFL for a very long time.
3: For as good as Garrett Bradbury was, and we all think he was amazing, right? We all think he was a very good prospect, and he's I, I think he's doing all right. He's got some up and downs right now. I actually had Eric McCoy slightly above him because mm-hmm. it, he was just, he just that much more solid.
2: And yeah, he's playing with, you know, some very good players in, in New Orleans, of course, but still, he looks just absolutely great. Well, and I think, I
3: think Creed Humphrey could be that kind of that kind of cornerstone uh, piece in your offensive line.
2: Yeah. Um, and God knows that they need, they need pretty much players at every single level and at every single position. Well, the Dolphins don't play a game this week, but they do play the bye.
3: It's well, true. we we won't win.
2: No. But I will predict so. this. They'll go they'll, they'll shut them out. So they won't allow any points <laughs> the bye.
3: Yeah, I predict we won't score this weekend.
2: Yeah, so a 0-0 tie, although it won't count in the in the standings. So that's good. Yeah. Well, that's it. There is no more we gave you a lot here for a second podcast especially with no game, but guess what guys? You thought you were going to get away with an entire season without any drama and no big games. Guess what? Next week is a huge game. Yes, the Dolphins play a big game next week. So it'll be a big game Monday, big game Thursday next week. But till then.
0: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
4: Hey, this is Seth Levitt, who you may not know. And O.J. McDuffie. Who you definitely know. And we're getting ready to dive back into the fish tank. That's right, Juice. Season 2 of the Fish Tank Podcast right here on the 5 Reasons Sports Network kicks off on Tuesday, August 6th with our biggest catch yet. Hall of Famer Jason Taylor. I got the first hit in and then he proceeded to, to grab my face mask. And he I swear to God, I've never seen anybody throw so many uppercuts <laughs> in so little time. And he hit me in my stomach, my solar plexus, my solar plexus. and my esophagus. <laughs> but it was like it was like it was on a, like a boomerang. like I just kept boomeranging. But the whole time he was holding my face mask and my head couldn't move. Like this was boomerang before boomerang. He was even out on phones. So don't miss JT, OJ, DJ Preach, and myself. And all new guests. And most importantly, more of the best Miami Dolphins stories that you've never heard. Exactly, Big Seth. We've got an amazing lineup of your favorite Dolphins from guys I played with, to guys I looked up to, and even some players you'll be cheering for this season. Hey, hey, don't forget those of us who work behind the scenes, Yeah, you know I won't do that, man, because the fish tank takes you where no other Dolphin podcast can with some of the funniest, wildest, and most interesting stories of what goes on with your favorite team, players, and coaches when the cameras aren't watching. You can find The Fish Tank on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you do your podcast listening. So subscribe and start downloading today. Thanks for diving in.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.